Hey everybody, producer Dave here. Thanks for checking out the Plex on your podcatcher of choice. If you notice, this episode is only 35 minutes long, whereas they're usually an hour. This is the first 35 minutes of our year in review show. You can get the whole thing by going to patreon.com slash echoplex, find the post for our year in review, download the MP3. It's public. It's free for everyone. Uh, Thanks everybody for your support this year and looking forward to seeing everybody in 2019. Now, broadcasting from deep within your stepmom's basement, it's the Echoplex Podcast. All the things are bad. There are no good things.
All right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. We do this show every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light. Uh, this week, this week it is our year in review. Woo! So, I don't know, patreon.com slash echoplex, discord.me slash echoplex. Go to our contact page on our website, echoplexmedia.com, to find all of our uh, Twitters and whatnot. Uh, who are you, ma'am? I'm the media wench, and I was instructed to roll a fatty. This is the councilman. I instructed her to roll said fatty. Producer Dave, are all of our contacts on the contact page, like individually as hosts and everything too? Yeah. Really? Ev- yeah, everything's on the contact page. Yeah, we're all there. So our, sh- our shit works the best. I'm there- councilman and fucking yeah, weed our- queen and yeah, all that. Yeah. There was councilman and good wife and Tara and Al- <laughs> teacher Allison and the carpenter Waffle and Johnny Corn and the breadboard baker and the HK Baron and the HK Baron's dog. That's right. And so, same. I have an unreasonable amount of stuff for our year in review. The first thing is from episode uh, 79. That's EP079 if you wanted to search for it on our website. I believe this is the first time we played a clip of the fucking crying Kermit. I believe that. Uh, oh, Lord. This oh, is no. The, she's going to cry. This is the one where he was she. being interviewed. Don't misgender she, her. Sorry, she. Well, Jordan, which is funny enough, like a gender neutral name. <laughs> was being interviewed by somebody at vice and they're going to talk about the workplace and uh sexual harassment and it's pretty woke here's a question can men and women work together in the workplace yes i, how I do, you do it how do you know because i work with a, a lot of women right. well it's been happening for what 40 years and and things are deteriorating very rapidly at the moment in terms of the relationships between men and women and you is there sexual harassment the- in the workplace yes should it stop that'd be good will it well not at the moment, it won't, because we don't know what the rules are. Uh, I would have to say there's pretty clear uh, clear boundaries on sexual harassment in the workplace. I might even wager just to, to say that they, they do courses on that. Policy. Yeah. yeah. SOP. It's um the in rules. Every are- fucking employee handbook at every corporation, except for probably Trump. The rules are pretty simple. Don't sexually harass your fucking coworkers. Like, it's not a, like, this isn't. Like, if you're not sure if you're sexually harassing somebody, then don't do whatever you're doing. Well, that's the thing. I, that there's, It's been such a culture of harassment, of sort of tacit uh, belief that it's just okay, right? Uh, so guys and women have gotten away with it for years just because they don't necessarily see what they're doing as bad as harassment, as harassing. They're just, you know, hey, nice dress, or, you know, hey, looking good there, or hey, you know, just any little thing they might they may not perceive as being overtly sexual um even folks who really aren't pervy like i've i've caught myself you know complimenting a woman on her hair right um and look back and said well that might have been a little uncomfortable in a workplace environment if if her hair was all fucking rainbows and shit or her she came in all fucking magenta like the media wench when you're complimenting their hair that's different Right. Yeah, when it's really fly, like when she's yeah. just doing something totally different with it, it was flying out. Just I, I loved it; it looked great. I'm like, that looks fabulous. Just leave it out like that all the time, you know. And she's like, no, 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 I got to tie it down for professional settings. And I'm like, I get that, I get that, but yeah, you know, just go with it. Yeah. You didn't then proceed to suggest a drink, though. No, I did not. I mean, I, and nor, two, did, nor two, did I more than one reason. Nor did I pressure for a drink after being told no in no uncertain terms either. So there, there, are, yes, there are obviously some clear lines, but at the same time, I think that one, some folks just don't know that they're crossing the line, and two, there are a lot of companies out there and a lot of organizations that don't actually make this clear and don't have uh, training and don't even have just basic. Um, 
you know, information to give to their employees about this, which you'd be, you'd be, I don't think you'd be shocked, but you'd certainly be surprised by how many major organizations don't have this kind of training. Well, lest we, lest we not get the whole picture, <laughs> here's the second, Out of context. Cli- here's the second clip we've ever played of a uh, Jordan Peterson on this show. Do you think men and women can work in the workplace together? I don't know. Without sexual harassment? We'll see. We'll see. How many years will it take for men and women working in the workplace together? More than 40. To get a sense. <laughs> we don't know what the rules are. Like, what? here's a rule. Don't, don't How about you... no makeup in the workplace? Why would that be a rule? <laughs> Why should you wear makeup in the workplace? Uh, Isn't that sexually provocative? No. It's not? No. Well, what is it then? You, maybe. What's the purpose of makeup? Some people would like to just put on makeup. Why? To... <laughs> to, to, I don't know why. Why do you make your lips red? Because they turn red during sexual arousal. That's why. Why do you put rouge on your cheeks? Same reason. I mean, look. How about high heels? What, what are they What for? about high heels? What about them? They're there to, to exaggerate sexual attractiveness. That's what high heels do. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't use sexual displays in the workplace. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that that is what they're doing. And that is what they're doing. If, if, do you feel like a serious woman who does not want sexual harassment in the workplace, do you feel like if she wears makeup in the workplace that she is somewhat being critical? Yeah. All right. So I, I kind of get where Kermit's at here because there are some basic tenets of, you know, attraction, sexual, prom, you know, uh, provocation and procreation that go really deep into the psyches of all, you know, animals, right? Um, but we've kind of gotten beyond that point in human culture to the point where it's like, honestly, like, I might want to wear some makeup because I want to look pretty because I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel, you know, competent, not like I feel, not like feeling like I look or, or looking like I feel sometimes, yeah. right? Sometimes I go to work and I feel like shit, yeah. but I don't want to project that. I, don't, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I got these, bag, these bags under my eye. I wish I could do something about that. But I'm a dude, right? So there's this mm. assumption that I can't use makeup to make myself feel more confident. Contouring's for everybody, honey. Right? So I, <laughs> so I do it sometimes. I do throw some stuff on. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it. Yeah. But, my, ex did, my ex would go into my, fucking, into my fucking makeup kit and bust out my brushes and my little stuff and just dab a little when he had like a little, when he had like some bags under his eyes. Or, it's chaos. It's right. chaos. Now, and, you know, granted, like sometimes, you know, People be wearing stuff to make themselves feel sexy too, and to look that sexy. That's a fat hey. But the um, thing is, when you when you hit when you okay, I have two things to say. One, when you said if if somebody wants to go to work looking sexy, maybe they have a date after work and they're trying to like not have to go change, so they're trying to like walk the line today. Uh, proper proper date attire probably doesn't reasonable. look too different than what you normally wear to work. You just unbutton a couple buttons if if you know if you're down with the get down. That's totally maybe, possible. Maybe it's a maybe it's a whatever the lesbian version of grinder date maybe is. Signaling. <laughs> you're ready to ready to move in. But <laughs> and I think I said this the first time we played this clip that women have had to walk this very bizarre line ever since the days were that let's show madmen how they treat women basically if you come to work with too much makeup on you look like a whore if you come to work with not enough makeup on you're frumpy and your boss might be like hey you know you could you could maybe maybe spice it up a little bit or uh, you know doll yeah. it up a little bit for yeah, the, the clients exactly the clients need to see some you know fresh meat when they walk in the door not some frumpy you know dame like you right it's not about like it's not about like oh your your dress is inappropriate we can see your ass cheeks it's right. like oh oh or your dress is a little high i don't want them to think we're running a whorehouse and then she wears a dress that's like you know an inch and a half lower down her leg they're like oh good perfect but if she wears a, dr- a dress that's like four inches further the down knee. the leg yeah down the knee they're like oh look at prudy patty over there right so it's like 
And sometimes they're not even saying it to her. They're saying it to them, each other across the room, uh, you know, by the water cooler. And uh, Oh, and the other women. Loud who, enough for everyone to hear it. The other women who are held to <laughs> oh, this absurd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but they're held to this absurd standard, too. Yeah. So they're like kind of it's, it's it's all bad. But in any case, nobody would want Jordan Peterson to be the head of HR for their company. Certainly wouldn't want Jordan Peterson dictating the laws of uh, dress codes and what is acceptable work attire i thought he was for freedom and shit like you should be able to come you should be able to come to work dressed like a hoe unless you're a woman he's he's for freedom unless you're a woman that's very very true so one of the one of the other shows we've been talking about a little bit this year because there's they have some no small impact on this show is the majority report and uh one day we'll be cool enough to get fucking phone calls like this hello 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 Hello, this is Canada's premier polymath, Jordan Peterson. Hello, Jordan. I've taken a break from masturbating in the bathroom at work to address the criticisms I've received on this program as of late. Okay. Okay. That First off, you asked me why, why is my hair so greasy? Pomade and other hair products that result in a conspicuously slick sheen are reminders of a previous hierarchy in which men's hair could look like an orb and women could be groped in a hallway for dressing like whores. And again, I come back to makeup in the workplace. Why do women make their lips red? Why do they put rouge on their cheeks? Why do they wear high heels to exaggerate sexual attractiveness to their bosses? Pigs! Pigs! Why do pigs have these cute little upturned noses, and why do they have those cute little curly cute tails above their pink, pert pig buttocks? Why is it okay to openly talk about eating pig butt as a cut of meat, yet if I were to tell my TA that I want to eat her big pig butt at work, she's black, by the way, that's a problem! That's a problem! So, like, one day, one day we will, we will have callers. One day we will have callers that are funny like well funny as funny as this oh my god you don't think jeff black is funny jeff black is totally funny and this guy's jordan peterson uh impression isn't really exactly on point um i have another clip of this the guy's not done don't get me started on the absurdity of outlaying of outlawing daddy daughter dances the daughter the daddy daughter dances and memories that i have would have been erased from my memory in some kind of Sam Harris computer fantasy in this legislation where it's passed. It's just absurd. And you ask me, why am I jerking off right now? Why am I jerking off right now? Why? 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 To exaggerate my sexual attractiveness. Ritual bestiality with wine was common in previous hierarchies and social structures. They are very smart, very loving, very generous, loving animals. Thank you for the. And you stop laughing. Clean your room, Michael. I'm your father. I'm your father. Who's your daddy? You fucking cultural Marxist. Okay. Yeah. We've got it. Oh my goodness gracious! We definitely need this guy to call the show. The guy, the, the guy in the background laughs like Randall. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they cut everybody's mics, but Sam's until like people are ready to cut, chime in because they're, uh, they're doing video, so they don't have uh, soundproofing everywhere. But yeah, like that, that, uh, that call was fucking amazing. That's hilarious. You know what's really amazing? Hmm. This fatty. <laughs> that joint is pretty amazing. It's very nice. <laughs> you know what else is amazing, and, and we have it every year, is CPAC. The Conservative Political Action Committee's big party. And uh, oh, one day we need to go. Here's Ben Shapiro's uh, introduction at CPAC. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the editor-in-chief of The Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro. 
Epic. I'm I wonder. So I wonder who glad. chose the music. Was it Ben, or did they ask him, or did they give an option of a few songs? I'm so glad that was this year. Like turned down for what? Uh, you know, happy. Um, I don't know. Tiny dancer. Tiny dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Little drummer boy. Uh, turned down for everything but a gay anniversary. That's on here later too. <laughs> did you see that Ben Shapiro was named a uh, Man of the Year by who? By uh. Well, a conservative blog, but it's actually, if you read it, it's very tongue-in-cheek. You almost might think it's sarcastic, like they're giving it to him as a joke. But he retweeted it, and all of his minions retweeted it as a proof that he's, you know, Lord of the Manor. Or, I'm sorry, you know what? It might have been Charlie Kirk, now that I think about it. All these all these white cucks get confused in my head. If it was Ben Shapiro, it might be because of this speech. Thank you. Well, so here we are. We're in a place I didn't think, actually, that we would be anytime soon, right? Republicans control the House of Representatives, and they control the Senate, and the President of the United States is Donald J. Trump. Which I'm pretty sure not a lot of people saw coming, including me. I lost some money on that election and through betting. But I'll tell you what I really didn't see coming. I didn't think that President Trump would actually give us some of the most conservative governance of my lifetime, and he actually has in the past few months. Actually. I'll tell you what I didn't see coming me in a girl like an actual girl in the bathroom with Jordan Peterson in my hand so in high school how quickly do you think Jordan Peterson would walk between his classes like what like zero to zero to like Luke Speedwalker <laughs> I'm just wondering how I'm not even Land down, move your Calrassian. <laughs> I, I just imagine there there were a couple you guys had to. There were kids that was, would walk very quickly between their classes. They yes, were sir. they were they were on a mission. They were, they, and yeah. I feel like Ben Shapiro was that guy. They, yeah, they were on a mission to get from one adult supervised area to the next adult supervised area yeah. before the fires of hell came down upon them. <laughs> no, actually, I was that kid for a little while, to be honest with you, but not because I was Ben Shapiro. That's just because I was an introverted you know, slightly awkward, chubby kid. <laughs> uh, but not because I was a total... Speedwalker. Yeah, speedwalker. All right, here's, here's more of Ben Shapiro's CPAC. There's a big applause in here. I'm talking about a fantastic new Supreme Court Justice, Neil Gorsuch. I'm talking about a historically good tax plan. I'm talking about the end of the individual mandate. Serious regulatory cuts. The defeat of ISIS. The American embassy moving to Jerusalem. Most of all, of course, President Trump... Most of all, President Trump brought us one really fantastic thing. Hillary Clinton is not and will never be President of the United States. Why bother? She's already in a jail of her own making somewhere in the woods of upstate New York. That's actually cool. I mean, I mean, if like, if like, if like a $7 million fucking house, like in a beautiful picturesque place with all the hiking trails is jail, then okay. Yeah. She's, I mean, I, <laughs> She's, think, I, I think just much like 
uh, Donald Trump uh, occasionally can be seen to be th- speaking of a metaphorical wall. I think that Ben Shapiro is speaking of a metaphorical prison here in terms of just uh, yeah. inside her own head. Uh, I don't know, Bill Clinton seems cool to hang out with, especially I think he's starting to lose his mind, so he's going to get pretty funny. Oh, God. So he just, he'll forget when he fucks around as opposed to just lying about it. <laughs> he might actually, yeah, I don't know. With maybe, the maid. Maybe, maybe they're swingers. In Hillary's prison. Maybe they're swingers and it's none of our business. Yeah. Maybe they are. You know, to be honest with you, I really don't care. I mean, I hope she gets around at least. I mean- Whatever, like a, she's a like, handsome lady. She's pretty spry for a fucking. How old is she? Sixty. Yeah, she's super smart. What are you talking about? Jimmy Dore says she has Parkinson's. I don't know how funny she is. I mean, she's not really a barrel of laughs, but oh, when, I'm he's, not, when he's laughing, you're rolling in the hay. I mean, I'm not trying to watch her HBO comedy special. Yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to leave her alone. Cause she's yeah. she's like retired, dude. Poor Hillary. Poor Hillary. Here's more of a fucking Socrates 2.0 speech at a CPAC 2018. There's a reason the leftism is failing. And it's not just because Hillary Clinton was the worst candidate in the history of American politics, though she was. And it's not just because Barack Obama was a terrible president, though he was. It's because something bigger is actually happening. The media don't see it. Hollywood doesn't see it. The universities don't see it. Here is the big secret to conservative success in 2016 and beyond. The era of political correctness is over. Hold on. Hold on is the big secret to conservative success racism <laughs> i mean it's pure and simple racism well sexism obviously just bias prejudice the patriarchy the white supremacy just that that is the basis crime, crime. this is all the basis of the republican hegemony this day, these days Cheating. and it's it's going to fail in the long run but the problem is we have to address it because it's we're talking about a third of the country yeah a third of the country is a significant amount of people and yes. granted we are a democracy majority rules i'm glad to take the power and run with it mm-hmm. but we have to address this at some point or it will become a violent just what do you want to call it pestule on the side of our ass you yeah. know, it's, it's gonna it's gonna puss over and yeah. really do some damage to us at some point and we'll we really need to address one cheek it after a it's while. already done enough with this guy being president yeah if it gets violent yeah i worry i really worry because yeah. i don't think enough of us in the two-thirds are ballsy enough to grab a gun and go out there and fight for our shit and obviously all of the people who are already on his side are pretty heavily armed they're ready they are ready they're stocking up i was just thinking about that today like i was getting gas and i'm like you know, I don't have like a can of gas in the garage, like just in case, right? Just in case shit hits the fan tomorrow, mm-hmm. Walking Dead style. I don't have that. I don't have, you know, rations. No. Nope. I've got some MREs that I got at like a convention I, a couple I have years ago. five cans of tomato soup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got some frozen food. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm just going to move right along because there's like a lot of shit here. And we're, we're going to skip the rest of fucking Socrates 2.0 and we're going to move on to fucking fucking super genius sam harris this is from the upfront hour of uh episode 87 that's ep087 if you're searching at home playing the home game (laughs) i'm only gonna play a couple of these there's fucking 13 of these we spent the entire upfront hour on this um this was right after vox published an article that was critical of him and um i'm just gonna say that i'm not really sure this guy is cut out for the free exchange of ideas Okay, it has been an intense week. I was on vacation this last week. This is the first vacation I've taken in quite some time with my family. It's been at least a year. Can't recall the last one, I think. But anyway, I was on vacation and attempting to be a good father and good husband, not paying too much attention to social media. But I did happen to catch, at one point, 
that Glenn Greenwald and Reza Aslan and Ezra Klein had all attacked me in the span of an hour on Twitter. And genius that I am, I felt that I needed to respond right then and there. I think the lesson of this whole episode is don't rush to make things worse. That is a lesson I will try to fully absorb going forward. And frankly, I think I need to rethink my relationship to social media. <laughs> that would be a good thing. <clears throat> well advised. Well advised. The less of your message that gets out, the better. <sighs> I have... I have so much to say, but we don't have a lot of time. I'm just going to roll the next clip. These kind of speak for themselves. I'm just going to say once again that I'm not sure that this guy's cut out for the free and open exchange of ideas that him and his elk keep talking about. To bring you all up to date, I know that many of you have noticed what happened to me in the last week, but I just want to give you my picture of it and then tell you what's happening going forward. Almost exactly a year ago, I had Charles Murray on my podcast. And Murray, as most of you know, is the author of the notorious book, The Bell Curve, which, while it was not focused on differences between races in any significant sense, there was a chapter on race and IQ in that book. But the book was devoted to just the cognitive stratification of society having nothing to do with race. Anyway, that chapter on race and the negative response it received fully engulfed Murray's life. This is in the mid-90s. And Murray is still someone who gets protested when he goes to a college campus to give a talk about something that is totally unrelated to that book. Okay, so check this out. I just want to talk about the bell curve of uh, who has influence and who doesn't. In the middle of the bell curve is people who have a few hundred followers on Twitter. At another end of the bell curve is like somebody who's in prison. And at the other end of that bell curve is Charles Murray, who wrote the bell curve, who's giving talks at universities. He has the most influence. If he's going to give a talk at a university, he's an influential guy. So, and the people protesting him are probably somewhere near the middle or you know, somewhere near the middle of this. We'll use the bell curve as a, as a metaphor. And so they don't have the kind of power that he does. So, so people are protesting you, but you've already won. Like, so what? Yeah. Like, you've already won. But I digress because I shouldn't have even put that in there because it wasn't even about Sam Harris and poor Sam Harris. Here, here's more of poor Sam Harris. It appeared to be the worst example of this spreading moral panic on college campuses where conservative speakers, or even those who are just imagined to be conservative, are getting deplatformed. And the fact that this is happening at colleges, where the free exchange of ideas is the whole point of the institution, that is something that many of us are quite worried about and are appropriately focused on. Now, there are people who consider all of these examples of moral panic on college campuses, Middlebury and Yale and Portland and Berkeley, and evergreen. Many people consider these outliers that signify absolutely nothing. Yes. And there's some poll results that suggest that attitudes toward free speech haven't changed the way many fear. Mm -hmm. So whether there really is a moral panic on college campuses can be disputed, I think. I know Jonathan Haidt, who's been on this podcast, thinks the panic is real, and he's writing a response to a recent Vox article that suggests that it wasn't. But in any case, people can 
debate the state of the panic, all I can say is that there certainly seemed to be one at the time I invited Murray on the podcast. We like, we need to be more worried about the panic at the disco than the fucking panic at what the fuck ever he's talking about. Well, he's talking about um, college kids protesting when speakers come who they think are like racist assholes. That's sort of part and parcel to this free exchange of ideas. He, he just said that he would like to have. Right. But I guess it's not really. No. He wants free. He wants like people to calmly talk about things on his podcast. And that's like fine. But people are going to more calmly or less calmly or more animatedly or less intelligently or more intelligently talk about shit all kinds of fucking different ways in all kinds of different places and there's nothing sam harris can do about it everybody has a voice unless it opposes mine his issue shouldn't be with the people that are protesting these conservative speakers his issue should be with the weak need administrators who cancel the speakers because they're afraid of the protests it's like they're the ones that are shutting it down they're the ones that are not that are afraid to allow the free exchange of ideas the protesters are just there to protest that's all they're doing is protesting they're trying to get it shut down but the it's the people that are controlling the show that need to shut it down in the in the, in the end the protesters can't just shut the shit down they could block the gates or but, a liberal arts college could tell a guy like charles murray who wrote a racist book like the bell curve that we're a liberal arts college and you probably shouldn't come talk here right because that's not might this, be a bad idea to come to berkeley the fucking the foundation of the free speech movement you know might be a good idea for milo not to come to berkeley <laughs> well it's just like the other thing that they're leaving out is it's not just the college students it's the entire community around the college that comes out when and maybe this this murray guy is like the 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 wrong example because this murray guy is supposedly some kind of academic he's more jordan peterson less milo yiannopoulos mm. do you know what i'm saying more more sam harris less fucking richard spencer yeah okay but, acceptable um I mean, whatever. But if the college kids want to protest, I don't. I don't even know that uh, Berkeley. I mean, why would? Why would? I don't know. It's their I mean, business. If they want to protest, let them protest. I, I don't understand why these guys are such snowflakes that they can't take protesting. Well, they okay. So, if you're saying something that's worth protesting, you might be saying something worth defending. Don't you think maybe Sam Harris's podcast gives us an eye into this? The only kind of discussion that they want to have is Sam Harris's podcast. Oh, I completely agree with you. I'm just you know, like, I, trying but, to play the contrary. Like, we're, we're like kind of a smart podcast and we never have any discussions that would approach what Sam Harris does on his show. It's like... We're not very smart. No, we're just not... We're just not fucking. I mean, we listen to Sam Harris. No, I mean, I only listen to him because I eventually hear here. I think he starts whining in clip four. I just want to get to the part where he starts whining and then we'll move on. I promise. But there's 13 uh, clips. We're, we're so losing, he whines for like nine of them. We're losing the media wench really quickly. I want to get to the part where he starts media whining. Watching. So I had this podcast conversation with him. Uh-huh. And of necessity, in order to defend him oh. against the charge of racism, why do you have to do and that? in order to show how unfairly he had been treated for decades, why do you have to do that? Our conversation had to present some of the scientific justification for his claims. Social justice warrior. So we Sam spoke Harris. about <laughs> the current picture of IQ data. We talked about the way genes and environment likely contribute to intelligence and any other human trait. We got into the weeds somewhat. Oh, that's. But again, this is driven not by my interest in IQ much less racial differences in IQ. Of course not. It was born of my trying to right a very clear intellectual and moral wrong. Do you know what this is about? I come in here and you guys are listening to this chick blather on. No, that's a different, that's a different lady. 
This is a different lady. This is Sam Harris. Oh, this is Sam Harris? Yeah, it's a he sounds just like uh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan that, Peterson. That's because he's, he's kind of halfway there. He's complaining about people. He, is, he, is he a chick too or? Um, I don't know. Samantha Harris. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know where he's. I don't know. I don't know where this person sits on the gender issue. So I'm gonna not gonna fuck with them that way. You'll you'll have your chance today. <laughs> okay. We are. Oh wait, maybe we already did. What the, is what is Sam Harris talking so about? Let here? me catch you back up. You're HK Perrin. You can find oh, him yeah. on the contact yeah. page on our website. Yada, I'm yada, HK yada. Perrin. You can find me. Uh, I don't know at my house. GitHub. Yeah, you can find me on GitHub. So Vox, Ezra Klein, and and the people at Vox had written an article about him. You may have been here. This is a year in review. This was from the upfront hour. Okay. And uh, they like talked about his conversation with Charles Murray, who wrote The Bell Curve. And uh, you're at the part of this where Sam Harris is like uh, social justice warrioring it for uh, Charles Murray because he wrote a book and everybody called him a racist. And Sam Harris hates social justice warriors, but he's social justice warrioring for some rich guy. Was the book racist? The Bell Curve? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Is that the one that was like, um, correct me if I'm misremembering this, but like the bell curve of people basically. Mm -hmm. And like, basically the book said like, oh, white people are on, you know, the high end of the bell curve and black people are on the low end of the bell curve. According to this testament, but made by white people, rich white people. Yeah. Uh, poor black people probably have, you know, just as good a chance on a test made by rich white people as anybody else. Or maybe, you know, systemic oppression of an entire race caused this problem. This is the first 35 minutes of our year in review show. You can get the whole thing by going to patreon.com slash echoplex. Find the post for our year in review. Download the MP3. It's public. It's free for everyone. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for your support this year and looking forward to seeing everybody in 2019.